You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 186, Parkway Drive. Hosted by Dan Terry. I don't like driving all the way to California and then getting paid in pizza. Jeff Kane. Yeah! No. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Cool. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. This is the show start. Bye. Whatever, dude. <laughs> And Joseph Wren. You're also a fan of the kill switches and gauges. Why did I say it plural? <laughs> the kills the switches and the gauges and the, the, the kills. The kills all the switches, motherfucker. Okay, right, it's, it, it's my fault, not yours. Got that out of my system. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you park way in the back and drink your Voodoo Ranger, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Well, I have to say, I don't park in the back and drink Voodoo Ranger. I don't, I'm the only bitch in the place that doesn't like IPAs. I mean, that doesn't immediately qualify you as a bitch, but I mean, you know. I have plenty <laughs> of other things that qualify me as that. Therefore, I do use that moniker. That's fair and accurate. <laughs> Tonight, we're talking about Parkway Drive. We are going to talk about some Parkway Drive. This is a band that has a very interesting musical arc. Yeah, talk about highs and lows. They are, to me, incredibly prevalent. You can definitely tell what's good and what's bad with these guys. I expected this one to be a sure thing. I'm not convinced that they are indeed a sure thing all the time. They're not, but when they are good, they're really fucking good. Yeah, I think that that was the biggest takeaway for me is I wasn't really even that familiar with Parkway Drive other than like Carrion or something like that. I mean, it was like uh, Deep Blue and uh, and the latest record. Uh, what is that? Reverence. And uh, I guess I should know that, right? If I'm doing this podcast, I think they're just a band that started off one way realized that that way wasn't really going to carry them through to the finish line and decided to do something different. So every metal band that started in the mid to late 2000s and still makes records to this day. Well, yeah, and every band that is smart that understands that they can't just do the same shit over and over and over and over again and people be happy. Some bands get away with it, though. Yeah, well, the one thing, too, is like Horizons came completely out of left field and really ended up being like a surprise hit. I think that had a lot to do with it, too. A lot of, you know, because you don't expect metalcore bands to, you know, be mainstream popular. And that was a very, very popular album for uh, for metalcore. I think they were like they even made like the top five in Australia or something, which is pretty cool. I mean, I know they're Australian, but I think they charted at number six on that album oh, in the Australian six? chart. And okay. then, but they were on uh, U.S. Heat Seekers twenty seven. Yeah, so I mean, they that's, that was surprising for them, and it's a that was a great fucking album. When we get to it, I'll I'll be uh, putting heaps of praise on them. It won't take that long for Jeff to delve out heaps of praise. So I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. You want me to tell you about five-star reviews? Well, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I've got one that I'm going to read for you right now. We all got, right. We got a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts from epd 23 and just says across the board i've gotten into a lot more bands i had heard of but never listened to due to this podcast me too 
Uh, it's also <laughs> great for hearing more in-depth about bands that you may not have cared much about. Same. At a minimum, the bands tend to be made more interesting after listening to the episodes. Thank you. These are worth your time. Uh, thanks a lot for that one. That was, that was really encouraging, and I appreciate it just not being like a either sucks ass or kicks ass uh, <laughs> type of review. Although I'll, I'll probably take the kicks ass over the sucks ass, but uh, keep them coming, guys. You can always leave us a review on any of the uh, podcasting apps that you use that allow you to uh, review the podcasts. And uh, keep sharing them on Facebook, sharing them on Twitter, sharing them on Instagram. Uh, it's really cool that you guys, and you guys doing that. It's a lot less work for me. And uh, it has been uh, it has been really cool seeing you guys share these in your favorite Facebook groups and uh, your favorite uh, your favorite Instagram circles. You want to read that first comment, Jeff? Oh, from my good old buddy Jetta PA. He left us a comment on YouTube, and it was I didn't realize the self titled album was looked upon so negatively. I think that album is great and don't remember it being panned by fans when it was released. And that's in regards to episode 123, Alice in Chains with Metal Jesus Rocks. Really? Self-titled album, I don't remember that it was panned. What I remember about Alice in Chains back in the day, and this is definitely a Midwest perspective, not a West Coast or Seattle perspective where they started their career and arguably made most of their impact. I don't remember everybody talking about individual albums, whether or not they were good, whether or not they were bad. It was always what songs are being played on the radio. And when the greatest hits record came out and the live record came out, those were the ones that everybody kind of focused on for at least five or 10 years. I know I was aware of Alice in Chains, Dan was as well, but most of the time everybody was talking about the greatest hits. Well, for me, since I'm an old head, I, I think the problem was is that dirt was such a big fucking deal. Absolutely. I think it was just that it didn't matter what was put out. It was kind of like the same argument we had with uh, anything that came out after Enema. What came out, came out after dirt just didn't seem to matter as much because it just wasn't as good, even if it was a great album. And I feel the same way about the Alice in Chains, Alice in Chains self-titled. It is, it's kind of in the same boat. It's not that it's bad. It's just that when it came out after dirt, like what do you do after you release perfection? Uh, I mean, that it's really hard to compete with that. Speaking to your comments about Tool, uh, the album is pronounced Lateralis. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, uh, I looked up a YouTube video of the band talking about it. It's called Lateralis. So Dan is right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's about time he's been right on this show. We'll put it on say, the calendar. I was going to say even a blind acorn or a blind <laughs> squirrel finds an acorn. There he goes. I'm sorry to fuck that one up. There you go, dude. I owe you one dollar. Hell yeah. <laughs> Might as well just retire now. Over on YouTube, we got a comment from WYL2K. Would you like 2K? I guess I would. I would uh, like 2K. Thank you says, very much. Morbid, he or she says, uh, Morbid Angel would be a killer band for a future episode. Don't let me down, gentlemen. We will do a Morbid Angel episode. It's just a lot of records, and I'm super lazy, but we will get to it, I promise. In about 36 years. I don't know about all that. No, it, it'll happen. They've got some They've, they've got some really great albums and some real stinkers, so it, it'll be pretty entertaining. Over on Facebook, in regards to our August Burns Red episode, Isaiah Eldridge says, Classic underdog discography discussion episode. Started off worrying that the bashing wouldn't stop, but you guys came around in a profound way, being a big fan since the beginning. I do agree that they've kept the same sound, but I think that that's why I've liked them over the years. They never sold out to butt rock. Thanks for the discography breakdown. Thank you for liking that episode. I really wasn't sure how that one was going to go, to be honest. 
Uh, Lee Rydberg says, one of those bands I could never get into. I can't wait to find out if I'm right or if I've been missing out. Uh, to which I said not to spoil it, but it's kind of both. And then he said, uh, I'm still not sure I really care about August Burns Red, but I really want a salad. Uh, to which I responded, yeah, I've been on a diet for the last two months and I'm dragging you all down with me. Would you like some chicken with that salad, sir? Yeah. And then Josiah Heiberg says, this was a fun one. Thanks, guys. I'm going to mention again another Samesy band you should check out and do an episode on. Chevelle. Ooh, I'm down for that. I'm definitely down for that. I think I'm probably going to be sick that night, but, you know, you never know. Never can tell. Hey, they brought it to the mainstream. And they had that power trio thing going on that I'm very fond of if you listen to the Tool episode. Yeah, you can play a cool drinking game on that episode. Take a drink every time Joe says power trio. Uh, No, don't do that. You will die. (laughs) It's called. You'll have to go get your stomach pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. alcohol poisoning will ensue. So, Dan, tell me about Parkway Drive. Parkway Drive is an Australian metalcore band from uh, Byron Bay, New South Wales. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. And, um, well, they've been around since 2003, which is kind of the heyday of metalcore. And, um, honestly, for a metalcore band from Australia, these guys were really fucking great starting out. And I, I'd like to say that they've, uh, they, they've kind of kept that same level of greatness. They've had a few, a few falters here and there, but, uh, strange choices, some strange choices, but, uh, you know, I don't know, man, when you're living down at the bottom of the world like that, who knows? I mean, I, th- there's, there's another Australian band I'm thinking of right now that made a lot of really strange choices, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep that to myself for the remainder of this episode. Um, these guys really got big in the U S as well. And I remember them being one of the most talked about bands. I mean, I remember when deep blue came out and it was like a fever pitch. Like everybody checked this band out. These guys are, these guys are fucking the next big metalcore band. And, uh, I don't necessarily know if it was that, <laughs> but, uh, it was definitely cool. 2005 killing with a smile. Is there any other way to kill? Really? Well, if you ask Pennywise, you know, the best way to kill is hang out in a sewer and wait for paper boats to float by. That's the time to strike. (laughs) I haven't seen that movie yet. Well, I mean, I've seen the original It, but I haven't seen this one. The plot is the same. It's a book by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. You're right. It's like 800 pages. I'm not going to read it. (laughs) Uh, I've read it. The book is great. Tim Curry is still the best. But the rest of the uh, two movies, I actually think, is better than the the, uh, TV miniseries, which is saying a lot because I fucking love that but so you're conflicted about the film is what you're saying yeah i didn't like the new pennywise other than that i love the new movies he did a good job yeah but it's you can't compete with tim fucking curry that's the problem nobody's saying they're gonna remake legend jeff come on <laughs> i'd be you fucking can there. calm down i'd be there i'd watch it i might hate it but i'm still gonna watch it so uh parkway drive uh put out this record <laughs> uh killing with a smile in 2006 and um I really, really like this one. Uh, for a debut album, uh, this one just kind of hits all those pleasure centers in my brain. It's uh, definitely more of the old school metalcore sound. Um, there's a lot of a lot of cool riff changes and stuff like that, and I love that about. I love how these albums just kind of like shift back and forth. It kind of shifts back and forth between wanting to be super melodic, but also trying to keep it as heavy as possible. And uh, I like the vocals quite a bit too, because they've got that. Uh, well, they've got that early metalcore rasp. The uh, not quite the Zeo, but uh, but not far off. It's uh, definitely on the same neighborhood. This one has all of the riffage, the thrash influences, 
the dual guitars, the leads, the melody on top. It's everything Joe likes about a good guitar-driven band. And yes, cosmetically, it sounds like metalcore. But nothing about the overall discography really stands out to me above another band. That doesn't mean that I don't like Parkway Drive. It's a symptom of 2005. There's a certain aspect of this type of metalcore that does sound the same no matter who it is. This band is overall interesting because they let the guitars build the riffs. They have the breakdowns when they need them, and the vocals are heavy and intense. I love it. Yeah, there's there's definitely up and downs uh, with these guys. Actually, there's some pretty considerable peaks and valleys. Uh, there are at least three excellent albums, and there's, in my opinion, two just absolute rotting cesspool stinks of albums as well. So, I mean, wow, it, that's pretty intense, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, th- there's two <laughs> albums on here that are just utter trash, in my opinion, which is really bizarre because there's three albums on here that I really fucking love. So it's just, it's really yin and yang with them. It's it's almost like flip a coin on whether they're going to be fantastic or uh, a shitty album. That's kind of how I feel about them. I don't really see it that way, to be honest. I think that they followed a very predictable pattern I, well, uh, I, considering their peers. Okay, I, I will give you that. I was going to say, because there's, there's two albums that they kind of really take a detour on, and it is down the path that... Uh, should not be traveled. They took they took the easy road instead of the road less traveled, and it's really really apparent. And like Dan said, you know, you look at their peers, look what was going on in music at the time. It makes sense, but it doesn't mean that I agree with it. Absolutely not. The one thing they do have going for it is that it's definitely more of an old school metalcore vibe, which I actually do like. Um, but it does get pretty formulaic for me. Uh, I don't know. It's good, but it's not great. That's how I would put it. It sounds like 2005 metalcore. It sounds like we have breakdowns. It sounds like we have dueling heavy guitars. It's par for the course if you're judging it on metalcore alone. But the album overall is entertaining. There's just nothing that significantly pulls Parkway Drive above other metalcore bands of that time. Not to my ears. Well, that, I, I think you're hitting on exactly how I feel. It's not that it's bad. It's just that there's nothing that separates them from the field with this album. What about you, Dan? Well, being, I, yeah, I, I think you're going to disagree with us. Well, I really like this record quite a bit. And I think that it is absolutely everything that you guys just said. It is it is a metalcore album from 2005. And it sounds like it, like for sure. <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got the slightly Gothenburg influence on the riffs. You've got... Um, you know, the screaming, the growling vocals. But what I like about it, though, is that like Metalcore from 2005 and earlier, there's still some musical ideas in there that kind of harken back to the really early 2000 Metalcore, like uh, like 2001, 2002, like around there, which the music wasn't quite as like obviously European death metal based. And so they have a little bit of play this riff and then play this one and then play this one and then play this one. And that's the kind of stuff that I really, really like. And I really like the I like the vocals a lot in early Parkway Drive. Um, and I think there it's no uh, surprise as to why. You know, like it's just more of the raspy. Yeah, as I say, it's the brutal raspy yeah, vocals yeah, that higher, you dig, higher pitch stuff. And so I'm really, really a big fan of that. And um, I don't know. I like that some of the melody is a little bit like more punk influenced on this and less uh, less Gothenburg melodic death metal. And so I, I enjoy that about it. I enjoy that it's basically just a a slayer all the way through, like not the band, but just like um, it's it's heavy, 
its intent, and it was metalcore that was still made at a time where metalcore didn't really necessarily have a chance of becoming mainstream. So in a certain sense, it's a time capsule because it's metalcore in kind of its purest form. Like if I was going to start a metal band in, or metalcore band in 2003, this is this is the sound that I would aim to shoot for. Right, and it's like you said, it's it's full speed ahead, or uh, a phrase that we haven't used in a while: "all killer, no filler." Yeah, I mean that's really what it is. I mean, there's they're not messing around. It's just that it's uh, just nothing to make them stand out from the crowd for me. Well, yeah, but I mean they may have been unique for like Australia, where they wouldn't. Oh have yeah, been, it's it very wouldn't possible. have been as as you know much of a saturated scene as what you got in the U.S. at this time. Well, especially because they they kind of started in a town that's in the middle of nowhere. I think there's like 10,000 people and like they're like hundreds of miles away from all the large cities in Australia because they're just on the, I mean, they're on the Gold Coast. So, I mean, fucking lucky them. Well, and it's impressive too, though, that they recorded this album with Adam D from Killswitch Engage. Oh, they did? I thought that was the next one that they started that on. Uh, No, this one, um, they they actually flew to the US and recorded this with Adam D. No shit. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's part of why it sounds so good because I, to, to be honest, I wasn't really expecting it to sound as good as it did. Uh, kind of going into this, the debut albums for some of these types of bands are usually a little bit r- more rough. And uh, but I, you know, th- this one sounds crystal clear, and it, so it makes tons of sense why Adam D was involved in it. But uh, no, I think this is really good, and I really um, I love this type of metalcore. Like this is my shit, and so uh, in that sense, it's it's kind of it's it's really great to me. Um, I agree, it's it's not like original necessarily, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's in your pocket though. Totally, this, this is totally the type of metalcore that you love so it makes sense on i figured going into this that you were gonna like this particular album more than anybody else in the room probably 2007 horizons so, so <laughs> <laughs> dan and i are about ready to go in at the same time well, it, this is this is where the shit starts getting really good yes like really good like they like and i i love the debut album you know i really do like it, it is absolutely one of my favorite records but there, there's something to be said about perfecting one's craft and getting better at at doing the thing that you're good for. And what they really started doing here that they really didn't do on the first album is they started writing songs and and actually like taking time to work on the sequencing of a record. It, because I think before that, it's like super punk rock, right? You're like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'm going to do this thing right now and it's going to be great. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But, you know, you're just putting a record out, right? But with Horizons, I feel like a lot more time was taken uh, in the composition itself. I know it was only released like a year later, but like it is it is a 110% improvement over the last record. It absolutely is. Uh, and you can also, you can really hear the Adam D influence on this album, in my opinion, uh, which I'm not really going to complain about because I actually like that sound. It stands out, but it's another example of, yes, the album is metalcore. The band writes metalcore, but that Adam D influence just pulls it all together in a way that I think the general metalcore fan, that's really what they're looking for. They're looking for that recipe. They're looking for that presentation. On the other hand, in 2020, it makes it sound like everything else. I feel like Parkway Drive has something unique about them that just doesn't end up on these early albums. I see. I disagree. Horizons is probably my favorite album of theirs. It might be because it was my first introduction to them. But the first time I heard Carrion, I was just like, holy fucking shit. I love these guys. 
this album was a complete out of the blue hit, especially when you consider that it's metalcore, but it was insanely, insanely popular amongst the masses, let alone the metal crowd. I mean, it actually was charting, which is just nutso for, for metal. It's fucking great. And it's not like a it's not like a weird change in sound where you're like, you know, it's not like they just started adding clean vocals or you know, going like full like under oath on this where they're like, okay, the first album was heavy. It established us as a heavy band and now we're going to expand our audience. This really wasn't that. This was this was kind of like what we were talking about with August Burns Red, how they're like, okay, how can we do what we did again? But how, how can we do what we did before again, but better? Yeah, they're and, just polished. Yeah, it's way more polished, but it's not polished in like a lack of heaviness. It's just, it's more focused. It's more just like straight ahead. And, uh, and these guys actually do show a proficiency in writing a melodic hook. Not a melodically sung chorus, mind you, but like an actual hook. Like they can actually, they, and you know, it's a lot of repeating the same lines over breakdowns and stuff, but it is catchy and it sticks with you in a way that a lot of metalcore just doesn't. You know, like if you compare this to like a Shadows or Security by Azalea Dying, where I, you know, probably infamously said that all the, rec all the songs on that record sound the same, uh, Parkway Drive actually avoids that here and releases an album of, you know, not the most original music in the entire world, but it's music that you can get behind because like, you can be unoriginal, but as long as you're really good at doing it and you're still good at writing songs, that's going to shine through despite what genre you're playing. Yeah, this was uh, this was definitely an album where I would say that, that, like you said, they're not the most original. But on this on this album and two others that we're going to get to, I feel like they were just doing it better than most everybody else that was out there. I think that was what was missing from Killing With a Smile. Uh, it's just... It's so well put together. It's just, they've owned their craft and it is, they're just superior at what they are doing as compared to many other bands out there. I like the way you said that, Jeff. They owned their craft. Yes, it's metalcore. Yes, it's 2007. Yes, it sounds like almost every other metalcore band at that time, but they owned it and it's interesting. It doesn't sound like generic metalcore, but it exhibits a lot of those traits. I definitely agree, and I think that they really this is this is probably the album that kind of got them more popular here in the states. I mean, and in the defense of Killing with a Smile, that was recorded in two weeks with Adam D. You know, I mean, this one, you know, more time was spent on it, so you're going to get a better result. Like bar none, no matter what, you're going to get a better result if actual time was spent on it. Absolutely. And like I said, their songwriting uh, is really strong here, and that's going to really, really help them out as we transition into their next record. Yeah, so it's this is probably as far as the you know quote. This is kind of the start of the quote unquote new metalcore was right around this time, and it for the new metalcore, this is one of my favorite albums actually. I fucking love Horizons. You consider it new metalcore, really? The newer style, yeah, where it it starts around this time. There's enough. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were meant like in you. No, 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 no. Core. No, okay. no, 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 no. Because that is an actual thing, but I yes. don't think it applies to Parker, no, at I'm, least not on this record. Right. I'm talking about, you know, whenever Dan Dan has two different, he, if you've listened to this this uh, podcast, there's two very d distinct styles of metalcore that Dan is definitely more of a fan of the old school style. And Horizons is one of the earlier albums of the quote unquote newer versions of metalcore that started to come in with Kill Such Engage. 
and everything that Adam D was doing because that kind of became his baby, that sound. And this one, this particular album is just a fantastic representation of what a good version of that should sound like, in my opinion. 2010, Deep Blue. Well, I tell you what, they kept going at what they were doing well. There's no question about it. This is a great album. I think they upped the heaviness quite a bit on this record. Well, no, they did. Vocals change uh, a little bit, not to my liking as much. I mean, I'm, I'm still totally cool with the guy screaming deep into a microphone and getting everybody pumped for the breakdown. Like, I'm still, I'm totally down with that, which we'll talk about whenever we end up talking about Hatebreed eventually. <laughs> um, I'm really a big fan of that, but... Uh, I, what I liked about Parkway Drive was kind of the more raspy vocals, and so Deep Blue does have that, uh, but they do go for a little bit more of a straight-ahead hardcore approach on this record, which is the smartest thing you can do because by 2010, everybody's starting to get tired of the uh, of the Azalea Dying, Killswitch Engage-influenced uh, metalcore, and so everybody's starting to get more into hardcore. I, I can't count the amount of people that I know personally that went from being metalcore kids to being hardcore kids. You're not even going to mention Gothenburg at this point? Uh, no, I mean, Gothenburg, I mean, if you're, if, if you're playing a drinking game at home, then uh, yeah, the Gothenburg uh, is, is, is more reduced on this record. And uh, but they go for a more straight ahead, straight ahead hardcore sound, which I think is what the fan base really kind of was at that time. Uh, and I remember how big of a deal this record was when it came out because everybody was like, yeah, uh, Parkway Drive, they're back, they're heavier, they're more extreme. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily call them more extreme. Uh, they are still, I mean, in a certain sense, you could accuse them of just playing what was popular in 2010, which if you look at it, that, that was kind of when Deathcore was starting to take hold and was starting to get more popular. And it's not its not like they just put out a Deathcore record, but they definitely felt like they had to step up the heaviness and go for a more like beat down hardcore sound on this one. And I think they're completely successful. I do really, really love this record. And there's a certain part of me that always loves the heaviest record the most. Uh, but uh, I will say that this record is probably second place to Horizons for me. I would agree with that statement. It's second place for me as well. I like that this one feels like a beatdown hardcore record without following every single trope that that style is known for. It still very much sounds like metalcore, thrash-influenced metalcore with fast guitars and riffs, but then they throw the breakdowns in because that's what you want if you're listening to Beatdown. Yeah, I totally agree. Like The breakdowns are probably the best part of the entire package on this record, and uh, they do it well, man, and they go on maybe a little bit too long, but like this record's awesome because it's just rock fucking solid. Like from beginning to end, it's all killer, no filler. It is just straight up in your face, hardcore. You know, with, with, I mean, it's meddled up enough to where I think if you were a fan of this band up to this point, you weren't going to be like, oh, they went hardcore and I only like metalcore. Like nobody said that. Like it, this was literally just like, yeah, okay. New album by Parkway Drive. Vocals vocals are a little bit different, but they're okay. And, uh, and, and I'm into this. Overall, it sounds like 2010. The vocals are a little bit deeper, but the riffs are still there. We're not going into full electronic sample, whatever you want to call it, breakdown production, but it still sounds like Parkway Drive. I can't decide what is unique about this band that makes them sound like themselves because everything they're doing, everybody else is doing at that time also. If anything, Deep Blue has that beatdown quality without fully diving into the overall production and construction of those songs. Do you guys think this one was a money grab? If it was a money grab, uh, I'm down with it. 
I, I like this quite a bit. I think where they're going next was absolutely a money grab. <laughs> and I fucking yeah. hate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you on that. But I do think that like this was the first time I feel that Parkway Drive kind of showed this kind of interest in playing what was more popular at the time. Like, and I believe that they legitimately just wanted to kind of change up their style because, like, you kind of have to change a little bit between records or everybody's like, what's the point? Unless you're hate breed. Unless you're hate breed. But, like, I think that, like, I think that this record is solid, and I think it might have been a little bit of a let's play what's popular, but maybe on a smaller scale than what we're used to with some of these bands. Yeah, they didn't necessarily want to go mainstream, but they wanted to... They wanted to put out a record that might have given them a little bit more like hardcore cred. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with taking elements that you know that are popular and adding it to your music. Even if you guys don't like dubstep corn, I still love them. I mean, (laughs) I know I'm... I mean, that's a personal problem that you have that (laughs) I don't really want to like get into again. Yeah, that's true. But I tell you what, it is... It's a great fucking album. And if people have a problem with it, oh, well. Now... I expect everybody to have a problem with the next one, though. <laughs> 2012 Atlas. Fucking turd. Turd, turd, turd. Fucking sucks. So, Jeff, okay, how, can you, can you how do you like that this a band? Uh, buff shit. How do you feel about this record? Uh, dude, bro, stupid ass shit. That's what I got from it. It doesn't sound like dude, bro. It sounds like we're doing the old school thrash, start the record with a classical guitar thing going on. Uh, I really dislike this record. I'm sorry. Can you can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, it's I I don't like the um, essentially like the dude, you know, they the direction they went with it, I guess you could say is more like a hardcore direction. I don't like uh, I feel like they kind of sold out on this album a fair amount at this and on I or both. I just did not care for the composition of the songs in general. Just there was no real redeeming qualities to these albums for me, uh, period. I don't feel as strongly about Atlas as you do. Um, I think that they continued on with the sound that they had kind of gone towards in deep blue. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I thought this record was okay, basically. Um, but it doesn't have as strong a songs as they've had on their previous three releases. Uh, the songwriting just isn't quite as good, and it relies a little bit more on cheaper tricks than maybe what they had done before. Was before I felt like they were kind of more of a riff band and a, and a, a breakdown band, and they, they did those two things very, very well. And on this record, they're trying to expand, but they're doing it in such a way where, like, they're trying to mix, like, beat down hardcore sounds with, like, more melody. And the two are not necessarily super compatible. So I think this is just kind of a weird, uh, this is a weird transitional record for them where they're trying to go a little bit more, like, mainstream digestible, but they're having trouble kind of figuring out what that is. You cannot mix beat down with melody i do think that the two elements are incompatible in the case of parkway drive you mentioned that they were a riff band this is a riff band trying to put more melody into the intros and outros of their songs it doesn't work as well as you want it to but I feel like they're trying to transition out of that riff-driven style. But this is fucking metalcore. It's riff-driven, guys. You can have those melodic elements, but you're always going to be riff-driven. If anything, you need to back off on the beatdown and step up on the riffs if that's what you're trying to do. 
I think maybe they were just tired of playing those types of riffs. You know, like, I think it was more of a, like, people seem to really, really like Deep Blue, and we can't go back to the 2007 sound because it's dated now. So how do we move forward? And so they try to, they try to, and I feel like the push for this would have been like, yeah, look at how heavy we are now. Like, we're much heavier than we were before. Like, there's more, like, guttural deep vocals and stuff in there that are, like, a little bit more akin to deathcore. But the music itself just doesn't really have the same level of energy to it that you'd had on Deep Blue. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Like, I don't hate it. I don't think it's a bad record uh, like Jeff does, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely not of the same caliber as their previous releases. Yeah, and it, that's probably why Atlas hit me like a sack of shit is that Horizons and Deep Blue and, for that matter, uh, Killing with a Smile are really fucking solid and this is in my opinion the they just kind of they took us you know a leap of faith off a cliff and plummeted to the fucking ground so i don't know if it is a leap of faith though because i don't feel like musically it's that different i think they well they were than what they were doing before i just don't think it's as good no i think they were taking you know they they kind of added like you said some of the you know hardcore deathcore kind of elements from deep blue and just kind of started going with it more on atlas and i just don't think it worked it just it just maybe it's because i was such a big fan of what they did on horizons and deep blue and that's my fault as the consumer expecting it to you know sound more like that uh, so that's what drew your ire i think a lot of it is it just it was such a, a jarring experience for me and it was because so, it just was not it just didn't sound good to me it just i don't know I, that's that's the best way for me to put it and it just, um, I was disappointed when it came out, uh, and it really was a sour note for me back in the day, uh, which I guess, what, eight, year, eight years ago now when I think this came out? Yeah. yeah. 2012. Uh, and then listening through it again on, you know, just straight through, uh, it just kind of cemented my my feelings on why I didn't like it to begin with. Uh, it it hasn't changed, and instead, I've actually, uh, have actually liked it even less now than I did then. Sounds like Dan is ready for 2015. I don't know if ready would be the word to describe it. <laughs> oh, this is... If I thought Atlas was bad, Ire is even worse. This is where I start agreeing with Jeff a little bit more. Um, because, you know, obviously an album like Atlas kind of leads to a record like Ire. Where, oh look guys, we've transitioned to something totally new. And you're probably going to hate it if you liked our, our previous material. Uh, this one was a lot harder to digest for me. Um, I think that the riffs sound weak. I think that everything just sounds like now, because before we were Parkway Drive, we were the badass metalcore band from Australia, and we, you know, we're out to out to beat you down and play great breakdowns and tell people to cry a fucking river and stuff like that. Like they they were a band, but like by 2014, with all of their success of their previous records, they're now Parkway Drive Incorporated, right? So you have to like release another record, whether you're ready for it or not. And this one, again, is trying to play their old style in a similar way. And I'm sure the band would even like try to say that like, oh, yeah, it's it's just like the old stuff that you like, but it's really not. It's it's um, you know how I said they were good at writing hooks on Horizons. They're, they're trying to do that here, but it's not it's not working. The songs are they're slow and they're they're boring and they're they're mid paced at, at their fastest. And that's just really hard for me to get behind as a heavy music fan because I'm over here like, okay guys, 
like you guys kicked so much ass previously, but I don't know what you're trying to do here. You're like you're trying to like five finger death punch. Nah, it doesn't sound as bad as that, but I think but, it but is. It's, it's in the same vein. It's similar. It's it's more for like we want the guys that listen to the local like edgy rock station to start checking us out. So we're gonna play something that's probably heavier than what they're used to, but enough along the same lines for them to get behind it and so that's that's kind of where we're at with ire like they're they're trying to squeeze as much success out of the metalcore sound as they can and unfortunately there's just not a lot there for mainstream consumption yeah i don't even think there's i don't even i don't know if i would even consider this to be metalcore anymore I mean, it is somewhat, but they are really pushing hard to shed that metalcore band image, in my opinion, by the time Iyer comes it's out. It's more melodic metal than it is metalcore. But, like, unfortunately, with melodic metal, you know, that has such a shelf, like, such a short shelf life, you know, before it goes bad. And what you end up with is, like, they're going to do the normal or whatever, but, like, it doesn't really mean anything when the entire song is being strung together by a couple of weak guitar leads. And then like, maybe you throw something that sort of seems like a breakdown in there. And then, so like when you're, I guess the whole thing is that I don't feel like verse, chorus, verse really works for metalcore that well, unless you were like a kill switch engage. And unfortunately they're not. And that's not what they really established their, their fan base with. And so I think this record just is kind of a wash. And I think they realized that too. I think Ire is the low point in the Parkway Drive discography. As much as I want to like Believe by Disturbed as a record, conceptually, I like the songs. The production is so drastically different than the rest of the discography that it drags it down. This record for Parkway Drive is everything you just said. Mid-paced, the intensity is not there it sounds like they did it because they had to, not because they were inspired to create new music. I don't think that they wrote the record for the sake of writing it. I think somebody listened to a batch of songs that they had and said, these are the songs that should be on the next record because they're trying to shoot for that one that's going to be the radio hit. And unfortunately, the end result is they all kind of sound the same. And inside of a style that is notorious for sounding the same, that works against the band overall. Yeah, I think this was what you said, Joe. They are trying to get some sort of commercial success. I mean, that at the end of the day, you're either in it for the art or for the money or both. And I think this was more for the money and less for the art. Uh I also feel that same way on Atlas. I think it's because that is what was popular at the time. I mean, you, you kind of have to pay the bills at some point, you know? Uh, I just, it just was a stinker for me. It fell flat, which is disappointing because I really do love this band. And I think it's about time we hit 2018. How do you gents feel? We've already reviewed this album. We have. <laughs> on Patreon. Yes, we have. Because it was a new release. Yeah, that was actually my, my request because I was so excited because... Atlas and Iyer were, in my opinion, really, really bad, and I felt like uh, Reverence was uh, coming back into form. N does it sound like old Parkway Drive? No. No. But is it good Parkway Drive? Yes. At least it is in my opinion. I think that like this is because this is normally the part of the podcast where we're like, and then they figured it the they figured it the fuck out and they wrote Horizons Part Two, and everybody rejoiced and there was great there was a great feast held, you know. 
uh, that's not what happened on Reverence at all. And I think I think initially I was kind of thrown off by it because they had basically gone for like a clean vocal. It's funny because you you compared Ire to Five Finger Death Punch, but I think that Reverence sounds much more like Five Finger Death Punch. Absolutely. Than than Ire did. Oh shit! So you telling me that I might actually be a Five Finger Death Punch fan fan, and I just don't even know it? I could see it. I could see it. You seem. <laughs> You seem like one of those. Oh uh, god! But I—that's okay. I'm but that doesn't—that doesn't make it bad. Like I'm gonna spoil it for you guys right now. I don't think that Five Finger Death Punch is bad all the time. No, I don't either. And I don't think that bands like Slipknot are bad. And I don't think that like mainstream metal bands are bad most of the time. Yeah, one uh, of my favorite Get Pump songs is actually Bulletproof by Five Finger Death Punch. So yeah, I, I, I could tell. <laughs> uh, but I think that like, because I mean, yeah, it's easy to shit on bands that are more successful. But you know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Fred Durst said in the song uh, "Get a Life" off of their uh, Gold Cobra album when he's like, "But they're just jealous because this motherfucker made it." Um, I think that's part of it. Um, I don't think that anything that you're going to hear on Reverence is going to change your life, or that you're going to have some sort of weird musical revelation and realize you've been doing everything wrong your whole life. But I do think that this band understood that they couldn't pull anything else out of metalcore you know they found the center in it and they chewed it up and left you know and i think that like that is this that is how they were able to actually sit down and write a creative record that actually sounded different from everything else that they'd ever put out because i think the problem with atlas and i is that you're what's worse than hearing bad parkway drive it's hearing watered down parkway drive right like a shittier version looking at you in flames a shittier version of <laughs> what you did before that was so great whereas this record just completely sidesteps that and goes in a totally different direction and i think that works it's weird hearing the clean vocals it's weird like hearing them go in these directions but at the same time i think these guys are finally making they're making the kind of music that like actually like that they grew up listening to and so i think it's a little rough in some places it's certainly not the best record i've ever heard in my life but i think it's kind of cool and i think it's different and and I think that I think that the real sellout thing for them to do would have been to go back to the horizon sound uh, after all this time. Right. Go back to well, I knew that worked before, so let's try that again. Right. And they they have not done that. They they've tried really, really hard to change. And even on even on Atlas and Ire, they were trying too. It just wasn't as digestible as this was. Right. It, in my opinion, this album is kind of catchy. It's super catchy. It's supposed to be catchy. And they do a really good job of it. It's a modern melodic metal album. But instead of like them trying to mix breakdowns in it and try to keep hold of the old fans, they were just like, nah, we're just going to write straightforward metal songs and we're going to sing on them when there needs to be singing. We'll scream whenever we need to scream. But they... They've basically dropped all of the hardcore out of it at this point. And I think that's part of what I enjoyed more about it. I mean, it's pretty clear if you listen to me on this podcast, I tend to lean more towards the melodic metal and less towards the hardcore. And I think that's the elements of them that I that I do like uh, now. I mean, I think they, they can actually run with this and be quite successful, in my opinion. I think this was a... Uh, a fantastic release for them. They, like Dan said, they tried something uh, a little different, dropped the hardcore, went more the melodic route, and it's, I think, working great for them. And if there was ever an improvement that a metalcore band could make in the late 20-teens, it's to focus on the metal more so than the metalcore. This was right before we got Firepower and Coffin Train and all of these 
classic heavy metal bands putting out new albums that sound like heavy metal. One of the most important pieces of the heavy metal formula is the melody, specifically the clean melody, the part of the song where it's not full blast marching forward with riffs. Parkway Drive takes everything that they've been doing from a song structure and composition view and turns it into melodic heavy metal songs. And they still have the growling vocals that you know the band has been doing since the very beginning, but overall, it doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't sound like 2005 anymore. And I know there's a market for that, there's a fan base for that, but if you want to move forward and continue making new music, this one sounds like the best next step that they could make. The vocals sound kind of dumb in places, but it's it's fine. <laughs> it's fun. Wait, are they playing pirate metal right now? It sounds like it. <laughs> it does a little bit. See, it doesn't matter what you do creatively. We can just throw a fucking genre name over it, and that's what it is. <laughs> when are we going to talk about Ailstorm? Never. 2021. Sounds good. January 1st. Doesn't say 3021. Joel put it out on a fucking Tuesday if it means we get to talk about that band. <laughs> Final thoughts on Parkway Drive. Jeff. All right. When they were a metalcore band, they were one of my favorites. Horizons and Deep Blue. Fucking love those albums, especially Horizons. It's seriously one of my favorite metalcore album that I've ever listened to. So super props for them. I would also say they, they tried different things. And I don't agree with how they went about it, but I guess I need to give them props for uh, putting themselves out there. I just didn't care for it. Uh, but they finally came back and found something that worked for them with uh, reverence. And uh, I hope they continue down this path and uh, see what the next uh, incarnation of Parkway Drive will be. Damn, what about you? I largely agree with Jeff, which makes me a little bit sick in my stomach to say. Uh, but I do think that, like, yeah, as a metalcore band, they were incredible. Uh, whenever they, they started trying to go away from metalcore but still kind of tried to keep it, I don't think that worked. I think they needed to make a clean break, uh, which they absolutely did, and it worked out really well for them. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Reverence isn't really, like, my cup of tea, uh, so it's not something that I'm, like, rocking all the time, but I do think that it's a good record. Um, I think Parkway Drive's at a point now where they've been so successful worldwide that um, I think that if they continue on in this style, I think that they're going to be remembered very fondly by their fan base. I think Parkway Drive is one of those bands that played metalcore and people listen to them. But I don't know anyone who sat down and wrote a thesis on why Parkway Drive was the greatest metalcore band of all time. I think if you're a fan of the classic Parkway Drive, you're also a fan of Killswitch Engage, or As I Lay Dying, or any of the metalcore bands that played that Gothenburg-influenced style. But in 2018, the band is just writing heavy songs, and it sounds like they're composing hooks again and that's something that's really been missing and really is missing from all the beatdown core that everybody did in the late 2000s early 20 teens i hope that parkway drive is moving forward i don't know if there's a new album on the horizon but i'm looking forward to it because the last record was a step forward towards metal and away from metal core and even if the band decided to go backwards and play Horizons again, I'd still be okay with that because at least that record 
had some unique qualities that set it apart from other metalcore bands. So if you're a fan of heavy music, if you're a fan of metalcore, or in 2020, if you're a fan of straight heavy metal, you should be listening to Parkway Drive. Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week for the last several weeks has been Wormwood by the Acacia Strain. Literally one of the best albums ever written by a heavy band, in my correct opinion. Jeff, what about you? All right, since we're going to talk about heavy bands, I'm going to take the Wayback Machine all the way to 1971. Shit, I don't know if the time machine goes that fast. <laughs> Nantucket Sleigh Ride by Mountain. I think it's 1971. Is this an actual sleigh ride, like Santa Claus is coming to town and he's going over a mountain in Nantucket? Am I supposed to take this album title seriously? No, it's seriously Nantucket Sleigh Ride, no joke, by the band Mountain. I'm dead serious, dude. Well, I'm going to close this one out by saying, fuck you guys. No grave but the sea by Alestorm. Well, I've officially been fucked. <laughs> Can't have enough pirate metal in your life. Take us out, DFT. If you like our podcast, but you would like to request a band for us to talk about on the podcast or to talk to on Discuss Metal, definitely send us your recommendations. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook under Discography Discussion. You can hit us up on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can always join our Discography Discussion official group on Facebook. There's a lot of activity in there lately, and it's awesome. We also have a Discord server for fans like you to join up and talk to all of us 24-7. I mean, unless we're asleep, in which case we'll talk to you when we wake up, probably. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Discord server. If you're looking for more content from us personally, I stream two times a week on Twitch under Discuss Metal Dan. I stream on Mondays and Thursday evenings at 10.30 p.m. So if you're into late night gaming, come by and say hi. I love it when people tell me hello and that they love the podcast and all that good stuff. And uh, it's really funny to watch me die over and over and over again in Quake. So uh, it's a good time. So check us out over there. And on that note, this has been episode 186 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me money.